The Red Sox get their World Series rings while fans start to doubt if they'll see postseason baseball after a slow start to the season. Man, I hope they suck all season. Injuries are really piling up and you need advice. It's time for dingers. This is dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Spencer Turnbull that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies, help you live a straight up OG lifestyle. I'm Tyler Childs and joining me again tonight is Robbie Baseball. Welcome to the show, Rob. Good evening. Thank you for welcoming me to the show. Well, I figured I've never done that, so I should maybe maybe cue you in one of these nights. So here we are. Sure. Um, you know, it's a craft brewery night for both of us as normal. What do you got on the palate this evening? Tonight I'm enjoying, if anyone recalls from uh, one of our previous episodes, I ran into a rep from the company Cowbell Brewing Co. in uh, Blythe, and I am now sampling their, I believe, most popular um, beer, which is Absent Landlord. Uh, yeah, there's a little story behind it. And once they give us some money, I'll read the story that's on the can. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm enjoying it. It's it's nice. It's their country cloche. We can be bought. We'll say it again. We can be bought. <laughs> um, you know, we are not talking about much money here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the other side of this one. I've got a Creamore premium lager. Uh, I don't know how bags. that differs from the regular lager, but it is a premium beverage. And uh, fancy tonight, I guess, is, is how we'll approach this one. But um, yeah. You know, moving on to a a more critical issue, and our one of our favorite segments of the show is that Tommy John train report. Choo-choo. And this week we we don't quite have a full train, but we do have some unusual uh, attendees for the for this week. Robbie, give me an update. Yeah, there's a couple of people who are um, checking to see where their eventual destination may be. Uh, if they're hopping on the Tommy John train or maybe just the IL train, we know for sure we won't see uh, Mr. Clevenger for six weeks, I believe, before he's going to touch a baseball. Uh, that's a good way to crush your season in redraft. And if you're in Dynasty, let's not overreact, people. I'm sure several ships are burning across your league. Um, I, would, I would just hold on to him at the moment. And the other one is Chris Sale. Everybody's got an opinion on what's going on with Sale. What say you, Tyler? Well, I mean, Chris Sale is one that we've talked about in our, our pitcher episodes uh, preseason. You know, just talking about how his elbow, for me, has always been the reason I've stayed away from him. It terrifies me. He somehow avoided injury with that crazy delivery, and, you know, good for him. I mean, there's, there's no judgment here other than the fact that he's never, ever been rostered by me. And I probably will never roster him moving forward. It's not a lack of respect or ability. I just I tend to stay away for just because I'm scared. There's no other reason you can say what it is. But um, you know, it's just interesting. the The velocity's down. 
uh, could be one of those dead arm things you see at the beginning of the season. The problem is um, they, they haven't said anything, so nobody really knows just yet. But I, I'm, I'm thinking there's, there's a real issue underneath there somewhere, uh, whether it's the elbow or, or somewhere else will, is yet to be seen. And, and all we're hearing is, oh, he's fine. They're just taking it easy. And as you mentioned about the potential dead arm where a lesser pitcher might go on the IL sale is just pitching. And I am now relating this very closely to a gentleman who I used to hold near and dear to my heart and is now a couple of steps further away. And that is for uh, Noah Syndergaard because something similar to this happened uh, 2016 or 17 where everything was fine. There was nothing to worry about. Things just didn't seem right with him. And all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. Uh, I don't even know if it was four months. He, he basically just missed the fantasy season uh, after starting poorly. And everybody was trying to say, oh, it's not a big deal, including himself. And this is when everybody was all over the Mets training staff for not doing anything. Well, what do we see Boston doing right now? Nothing. What do we see Sale doing? Not performing. There's an issue. It doesn't, it doesn't mean he can't pitch and won't be good or dominant again. But when your best pitcher and the guy you just gave a buttload of money to isn't performing, it seems like the Dodgers can find ways to get guys on the IL with no issue. Why is it that the Red Sox won't put sale there? Well, and on the Red Sox note, Smokey just hit a bomb, 3 nothing Jays. Boom. <laughs> Take that, Red Sox. Uh, you know... <laughs> You know, we, we usually can tell Robbie and I are not fond of the Boston Red Sox, so we'll never hide that. Um, but you know what? I, 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 I'm there with you. I think it's one of those ones, though, where the athletes these days are going to fight through it a little bit. And even if that ends up hurting them, usually you don't see it right after they sign for a buttload of money. But uh, Right, and that's why they're saying, well, they would have done all these tests. Why would they have signed them? Well, that's irrelevant because your, your arm and body can be great today and then you go and hop up or down a set of stairs and things change. That's right. Well, like, I mean, the other thing too is his arm is basically a slinky. So yeah, look at know. the man's build. Yeah. I mean, he's, he has to be a wet noodle to be effective. Right? Did you Maybe. see the, the MILB uh, meme, uh, or not meme, but their photo of CC Sabathia? No. It's just like it looks – his gut is everywhere. His gut's all over it. And then you look at or think about Chris Sale's body and you're like, hey, are there two Chris Sales inside CC Sabathia? Because they don't look similar whatsoever. But, you know, CC, you know, everybody gets hurt, right? Doesn't matter your body type. Like, I think you're most, more susceptible if you're thinner um, because you're probably a little more jonky with your movements. And you've described, you know, your, your potential or sorry, sales potential issues. And I share the same view on it. He's this guy that scares me. Well, and as a wet noodle, the real question is, is he El Dente? <laughs> oh, food joke, food joke. So wow, jumping into premium beer, really working today. <laughs> <laughs> jumping into what we're really here to cover this evening. This is our very first episode of Stock Options. And really, uh, we've got some cool, you know, players to go over that, you know, people should be buying or selling. Uh, keep in mind the stock market works. Uh differently than than real people so we're gonna have a little fun with it but the the concept is this strong buy buy hold strong sell and then sell is is the one that uh will squeeze in there a little bit so you know there'll be different reasons for why you're going to want to do both uh, we're going to talk about where you probably got value on each of them uh and and how you should go ahead uh from that position 
And we are, of course, Ty, keeping this in the dynasty format. So if somebody has come out of nowhere and they are 38 years old, we are far less concerned, unless it is Rich Hill, and then I'm all in, and I want all the shares of Rich Hill, even though he's on the IL, I'm cool with that. But yeah, we're not talking about redraft specific, although of course there's implications with that. It's far more um, jagged if it's redraft. You want to be a little bit more aggressive on your waiver wire and in trades when it's redraft because the harm is really only in sitting back and not making a move. Whereas with Dynasty, you can make a move and six weeks later, guys in AAA and never surfaces again. Well, and that's a great part of the stock market position is that you can still create profit out of a rich hill. And that's really what we want to highlight is how, how you're maximizing each player because they all have a very different proposition, why you want to buy, why you want to hold. Um, and really it all comes down to how you acquired them in the first place. So jumping the first guy in, uh, we'll get the Homer guy out of the way. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, he's been awesome in the early days. Nothing but productive outings. Uh, in his three starts, he's got an ERA sub one right now. Uh, 0.92, I believe, is the exact number through 19 innings, 19 strikeouts, only five locks and nine hits. Um, you know, the Toronto has to be excited about what they're going to be able to get in return for a shoemaker here as the season progresses. I can't imagine they're going to get him on a contract, but, you know, he's definitely positioning himself to create a profit margin. And so if you own him in dynasty, uh, odds are you drafted him later. And if you didn't, then, you know, you took a huge risk. Uh, I did say in our pitchers prospect or our pitcher episode, I believe in the, the SP three episode that I liked shoemaker if he could stay healthy. And that's still the question mark today. Um, but it's also why I have him as a, if you're a, a shoemaker owner as a strong sell, because odds are you didn't draft him early and you can turn a huge profit right now. He is at peak value. He will not get better than 0 19 Ks through 19 innings. So uh, from a value proposition standpoint, this is his peak. So depending on where you bought him, you should be looking to sell. Absolutely. I, I know he in a 20 man league that I'm in uh, that has a 20 player minors and a, I believe it's 25 MLB. And then we draft five more rounds. Um, I know he was available in the draft and I just kept saying, do not home round pick him, do not home round pick him. And I didn't. And um, my pitching sucks. So uh, David Hess off waivers is not a suitable replacement for Matt Shoemaker when we're talking about value here. And even though he went seven innings, seven innings, and then the last one, 5.2, he was playing against a weak Detroit team out of the gate, a weak Baltimore team, and then got into some very good professional hitting and a lot of guys that take a lot of pitches in Boston. So the K's went down in that outing, but I, I mean, like I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop the other shoe maker to drop, if you will. And all of a sudden he wakes up a day after his night. Don't shake your head at me. (laughs) (laughs) He wakes up after the next start and he can't move his right arm because that's what happened the last time he was being, I don't want to say he was being dominant. The last time he was at like an MLB pitcher peak was that sorry, that was the result of it. So I'm definitely just thinking to myself, enjoy the moment. And he can have, now that he's got three good ones in the bank, you can probably tell yourself, okay, I'm, I'm going to wait until the, the later part of April uh, on selling him. But I mean, if somebody came along and said to me, hey, I got three guys down, I, you know, it's a 30-team league or something, they need starting pitchers. If I had the depth to deal him away, 
I would do it. I don't know exactly what's fair market value today. I would certainly not, probably not want to put an MLB player back on in return because that's going to more than likely be an equal risk reward type player who possibly isn't getting that playing time at the moment. Um, but I would be all about a mid-range prospect for Shoemaker in Dynasty format today. Yeah, and, and on the other side, if you're not a Shoemaker owner like Rob, uh, you should be looking at him as a potential buy. And keep in mind that you've got a toy with the value, as Rob's saying. What's it going to cost you? I mean, we've talked in great detail about you know prospects and people overvaluing them in Dynasty formats. So if you can turn... A, a reasonable prospect into Matt Shoemaker and he pans out, you're in a good spot. Uh, odds are that that prospect you're trading is not going to be Matt Shoemaker. And so you just got to toy with that value and try to find the right path forward. So, you know, ultimately that's kind of where it's at uh, with, with Matt Shoemaker. And so, you know, with that, the, he's a great example of, of drafting well and taking advantage of early season struggles from other teams. Um, and again, before we leave the Jays, Rowdy Talese, two-run bomb, is getting out of hand in Boston. Wow. So take that. Um, Aaron <laughs> Enjoy Sanchez, your ring. Aaron Sanchez owners, he is on the mound tonight. So if you've listened to me, you are in a happy place <laughs> right now. Uh, one, one hit after two innings for Sanchez. That's right. Uh, Final note, uh, just on Red Sox bashing, uh, very quickly, who has had more last place finishes in the AL East the last decade, the Toronto Blue Jays or the Boston Red Sox? That's an easy one, Red Sox. All right, we don't need to talk about World Series. On to the next guy. <laughs> yeah, the, next, the next guy is in the same division, AL East, and it's a guy that I, I like a lot um, for a very, very different reason, uh, and that's DJ LeMahieu. Uh, I talked about him in the beginning of the offseason as, as an obvious landing spot uh, for LeMahieu being New York. He's a huge contact guy, plays pretty good defense, and the OPS and the average in front of Killer's Row that they have there in New York is a huge, huge position for him. Uh, his run totals are going to get out of hand if he can stay healthy, which – He's not had a lot of trouble with in the past. So if you're an owner of LeMahieu, you're probably not going to trade him because you see the value in the categories that he's driving for you. Uh, even if you're in a Ronnie Roto league, um, you know, there's, there's definite value here with LeMahieu in a couple categories as well. But the reason I uh, hold is important here is because that Yankee offense still isn't going. I mean, right. as much as they've had peaks so far, they've had a ton of valleys. And, you know, when Stanton gets back and that offense really picks up speed, and they finally decide to put LeMahieu at the top of the lineup where he belongs, um, that offense will be cooking. And so that's why it's a hold. And if you don't own LeMahieu, it is a very strong buy for the same reasons. People are going to undervalue him because he's not scoring the runs yet, but he will. And he's going to see a lot of fastballs in front of Murder's Row there. So if you get him now while he's still relatively on the cheap, uh, I think you'll see the dividends come season's end, but don't wait for that Yankee offense to get hot if you're going to go get him. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be, I think he's going to be tougher to acquire. The time to get him was in the offseason prior to signing with the Yankees or right after he did when everyone was trying to figure out what's going to happen in the Yankee offense. Like right now, he's 39 at bats. He's got a 410 average. I mean, those, those are Colorado kind of averages, which always drop as the season progresses. 
but his OPS is 993 now. Like I said, he doesn't have all the other stats, but he's got three walks for six Ks. And that's, that's kind of what he does. So that's a good sign that he doesn't have one of those numbers way out of whack. He, he is getting K'd. He is still getting a couple of walks so far. Um, and yeah, the RBIs are down and he doesn't have any home runs, but he's not typically going to hit you home run. Like you're not getting LeMahieu thinking, okay, good. I've got an easy 25 home runs. And no, that's not what he's going to do for you. He's going to be somewhere between what, like 15 to 20. I think last year was the 15 um, and, and stolen bases. He's going to be under 10. So He's I've really got, just helping to bring you up with a lot of the riskier guys. Go and ahead. I've got a bold statement here for you. If he gets to the top of the lineup, he's a 400 hitter this year. Oh, Lord. So there's <laughs> bold statement of the year for him. So it this only is why he, people say that they don't understand where you get your information from. And the pro Grichik podcast goes on. <laughs> that's right. No, but I'm, t- I'm telling you, uh, Gritchick will figure it out. He's a traditionally slow starter. People can freak out about him all he want. But Gritchick, or, uh, LeMayhew can hit 400 if he's in front of Stanton Judge at all. Well, he's definitely going to have the major advantage of getting pitches. That's right. Because even when you go further back than just in, Didi is also going to hit this lineup. And Didi is a powerful hitter. Aaron Hicks, a power. Like we're talking about guys in the mid twenties for home runs. They are not going to want to dink around with LeMahieu. They're not, you know, like they're not going to want to Jay Happet and try to nibble at all the corners because they're going to see all these big bats coming up that can do more damage. So they're probably going to try to get um, DJ to put a ball in play, and that's what DJ does. So this, I don't, I don't want to agree on a four hundred average because we haven't seen it in my lifetime. Uh, but I, I definitely think that he can be an impact bat. And I had two offers out in dynasty leagues before the season started. And one of them just for comedy reasons, the guy still has not replied to. So I've just left it available. And now it looks really bad because it's like LeMahieu and some decent prospect for my uh, bag of dicks and something else that's trashy. I, I can pull it up later <laughs> on. But it just looks really bad now, but it's somebody who hasn't replied to anything. And I know, like, they changed their lineup, so I, I don't know if they don't check well, email. Don't I just look. think it's it's the best pure hitter we've seen in New York in a very long time, right? And that lineup is stacked. What about Greg Bird? Greg Bird is doing just fine. Just you wait. <laughs> as, as he slowly steals time from Voight, as I said all along, he'll win that job, and I'm sticking by that one. So um, Voight has some some red flags going on. Uh, the guy is it has is strong, no questions. But Lemayhu, I like him to flirt with 400 this year. So assuming he stays healthy and assuming he gets to the top, if they leave him in the bottom half, it won't happen. It's just a matter of whether he hits from the top or not. Story of my life. So, <laughs> so moving on, on, on to somebody that we're. Well, I'm really excited about. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you haven't talked about him at all. Uh, yeah, you don't. I'll let you lead into this one, just because that you can you can homer out a little bit on this guy. Uh, so the name change, I think, is the big thing. Uh, so don't call me Peter. My name is Pete Pete Alonzo. Everybody who is currently on Yahoo ranked 15. Um, I will start off my bragging by saying I understand he has a K rate that is scary. Uh, it's almost as scary as having a 366 average and an OPS over 1,300. But keeping in mind his um, BABIT, which is your batting average on balls that are in play, 
uh, I believe it's 500 something. It's going to come down. All the numbers are going to come down. And I will say if his average even came down 100 points to 266, but if he was able to reduce his K rate, we're, we're talking about a guy who's going to hit 40 diggers this year. We're talking about a guy who needs players to be on base for him so that he can get even more RBIs. He's going to be well over 100 RBIs because right now, I believe he's sitting somewhere in the RBI a game rank. Um, of course, it's early, so we expect things to move and change around. But I'm so happy with him. And in our 14-teamer tie, I was debating on making him my first-round pick, and I thought, eh, I can wait. It's going to be fine. And then I got, I got nervous after the first round thinking somebody might do it. And I just want to point out to friend of the show, Glenn, that you opted to keep pitcher Shohei Otani, who will not throw a baseball this year. And you, well, sorry, I guess keep meaning you took him from me because I didn't protect him. And you left Peter Alonzo, sorry, Pete Alonzo dangling. And I am enjoying that carrot oh so much right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an obvious hold here if you're a Pete Alonzo owner. Uh, in the Dynasty format, he's he's raking, and it doesn't seem that he's hit a learning curve yet. I think it'll come eventually, but it doesn't appear that he's he's found that learning curve just yet. So my expectation is is, you know, 260 with some power numbers. That's where I think he lands this season by the time we're all said and done. I think he has that 280 upside, as you were saying. Uh, well, again, his thing, he is a, an average hitter, like he's like a higher average slugger. That's the difference between him and other slugger types is that he's always had a good average. So I expect 266 to be a floor for him, not a realistic end zone for him. Sorry. Absolutely. No, I, I understand. And I, I agree. I th- but I do think at the pro level, he's a, he's a 280 guy. I just don't think at the pro level, you can swing for the fences um, as much as he's doing right now. And maybe he refines it. Maybe maybe he gets it figured out as he grows. But um, I, I think, yeah, the 280 numbers where my expectation is, if you don't own Pete Alonzo, this is an obvious buy um, if you can get him. A uh, strong buy for sure. And, you know, there, it's going to cost you, right? So you're really only going to be acquiring Alonzo if you're giving up something really significant or you're mailing in your year already. Well, somebody probably needs to have a pretty significant injury and think to themselves, I need whatever. Like they're a contender and Pete coming up is a bonus to their roster as he is in one of my leagues. But I've been devastated with my second base and my third base and every trade offer is, well, I need Alonzo. And I'm like, no, like that's not how I'm doing this. This is the league specifically where I have Mr. Chris Davis as my other first baseman, so we're not going to get into that conversation. Did, did you see the uh, the bus, the bus. in Baltimore? Oh, oh my god, so good! I love it. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. So for those of you that don't know the bus, um, the the transit system in Baltimore put Chris on a bus so that it wouldn't hit anything. So um, that's pretty ruthless, and and I think Davis is feeling the pressure a little bit. He's kind of been a little bit of a dick in the media <laughs> over the past couple of days as well, too. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how long that relationship pans out or if they're already talking about how they can structure a Bobby Bonilla contract. Well, he already has deferred payments coming after. And I believe at the moment he's going to be owed $91 million. So um, like you just don't want to be Baltimore right now. And if you're anybody who had one of those aging type sluggers, you got to be patting yourself on the back. I know the Jays had a couple in, in Batista and Encarnacion. 
They did not sign either to the big Whopper contracts. And you just have to look now. I mean, there's always that time in between where you just don't know. But yeah, it's terrible. So um, at, at that point, or at that note, like back to Pete here, like I feel like if you're making a deal for him, you're probably giving up either a top up and coming pitcher or a top prospect pitcher which as we are discussing now is likely a player who's recovering or just about to get Tommy John surgery for a prospect pitcher. So it's not necessarily going to impact your immediate roster and you're going to have to be giving up something that you do not want to in a trade for him. So you really need to believe like I do in his ability long-term to sustain himself. And I think being in New York with that now somewhat veteran laden lineup, you know, Brandon Nimmo's not hitting their guys in New York that aren't doing the things we all expected. But Pete is far exceeding those expectations. So he seems like a good guy to have on your roster. He is first base only. And we did discuss in our first base um, podcast that that's a premium position because there isn't a lot of depth right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I agree. And that's, you know, good for you for being on him. You've been on him since the very beginning. So, um, you know, not a guy I was overly hyped about, but you know, I'm on the wrong side of that one. So, the final guy we're going to cover this evening is a middle of the infield guy, uh, Marcus Simeon in, in Oakland. Um, had a, a pretty good start to his season, 17 hits already. Um, you know, he's, he's north of 300 and uh, a, a high bat bip as well. He's in the three, 330s almost uh, on the bat bip. And, you know, ultimately, here's, here's a guy. I love the bat bip stat, if I'm being honest with you, because it tells you nothing. Um, if you look at Simeon over his career, he's had a plus 320 BAPIP his entire career. Yeah, and they talk about how the BAPIP can somehow be related to hard contact. Correct. But at the same time, like you can hit a hard single to left or right field just as easily as you can hit a dribbler towards third and make it to first. But uh, some guys are just prone to have high BAPIPs. So, well, I mean, there are guys like Semyon, right? Because he hits the ball hard. Like Pete, Pete Alonso is probably a guy that's like that as well. Um, you know, 500 might be a touch high, but uh, eventually that number will settle into something that will become a career average. But, you know, Semyon has shown that his bat bip is a higher number. And so I'd be really interested to get somebody in on, on the uh, front office side of the conversation and see how they measure bat bip. Like, do they care? Do they look at it? I'll have to listen to more of the uh, wheelhouse with my best friend, general manager, Jerry DePoto, and I'll let you know. That's right. So, you know, Simeon, we've got a, a strong, or not a strong, but a sell on. Um, if you can turn him for a profit, you should be doing it because his career numbers across every single season are pretty much the same. Um, and, and ultimately, if you don't own him, uh, we, we recommend a hold, meaning don't acquire him uh, yeah. for the same reasons. You're going to overpay, and he's really just not value. The, the real only niche here for acquiring a Marcus Simeon right now is you don't have a shortstop. Right, that's, yeah, you, you're pooched because of an injury or two. Yep, uh, and, that's, and on the flip side, that's about the only way you're going to sell him. Exactly. You need that team who is stacked and just lost somebody, or you need the DD owner who picked up somebody cheap off of um, either waivers or some other off-season move, and they're realizing whoever it is that they picked up is not the answer. And they're like, well, geez, look at Simeon. Like, he's doing pretty well. And forgetting exactly what Ty just said, which is that career numbers normalize over the course of the season, typically. So you're going to see the numbers looking really good today, 
and think, well, I can at least ride them out until Didi's fine. That's the owner you want to find. You want to find somebody who took a loss on somebody or the story owner who might be a little worried now and is thinking, well, I want to kind of have some insurance. The story has not yet hit his stride, but that doesn't mean he is a useless player. If he's on your team, enjoy it while you, while you got it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, Semyon is a guy, you know, that hits the ball hard, swings hard, but has strikeout numbers, right? So in a category league, you're pretty much committing to punting the strikeouts most times when you are a Semyon owner. And if for whatever reason you're in a stupid league that counts defensive uh, metrics in any way, he's, he's a punt all the way across the board there. So, um, so is your baseball season if you're going to do that to yourself. Correct. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. If you're splitting time between that and watching paint dry, you might be onto something. <laughs> or you could be like me and have your your foundation dug, and you could watch that all day long. Just as exciting. <laughs> well, I mean, kicking dirt <laughs> out at shortstop or kicking dirt around the front lawn, right? That's that's the life. So I'm uh, in a bed of clay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, to wrap up today, I think it's we're going to also add in a a quick farm report. Um, as we go through the the stock market, because really, uh, you know, it's an important part of the trade scenarios, right? You're, you're often in a dynasty going to be looking at moving somebody on the farm to acquire some of these guys when we talk about. So Robbie's going to feature the Texas Rangers farm system tonight. Yeah, so this is a little shout out to Chris, who I play in multiple 30-team leagues with. And the problem with Chris as a fantasy owner is that when you try to make a trade with him, the one thing he insists upon is getting a prospect back it doesn't matter who he's trading. He wants a prospect back. So I enjoy beating him at his own game. So we're going to take a little look at the old Texas farm report because he's a big old Ranger fan. So Willie Calhoun, who's kind of, I don't want to say a forgotten man. He's somebody who everyone is now officially disappointed in. He's lost his prospect status. So in most of your leagues where you've got him, he's got to be on your 25-man or a 40-man roster, depending on exactly your format. So he's somebody who teams may be looking to relieve themselves of that spot because he's not in Major League Baseball right now. Keep in mind, Delano DeShields is playing out of his skin in spots, but not completely. And he, as well as Hunter Pence, are the reason why we are not seeing uh, Mr. Calhoun. So right now, he's he's bat now batting 280 in AAA. He had a, a pretty poor first week. His last game, he was two for four. Um, a strikeout walk, that's what he's going to do for you. He's he's improving is what I'm telling you. He's not going to be in AAA the whole season. He's going to get up. So he's somebody to look at as a potential chip if you're looking to get a better player. It's one of those scenarios we see where you take on a contract in order to get a better player back. Well, and if you recall in our sleepers segment during the uh, outfield prospects, I did highlight Willie Calhoun as a sleeper. Um, as a guy that I, I kind of expected to have. This kind of season, it's a make or break for him as the prospect caliber he came up with. Uh, and it's always been for him about batting average. That's always been the one that has held him back. Um, other than what position is he going to play? Right. Um, yeah. You know, that's the other thing. But, you know, if he can get that average into the 280 mark, uh, even even touch higher, he, he's going to find himself beaten out 100 pence. Um, that and 100 pence will probably get hurt. So, there's there's a lot of reasons to like Willie Calhoun, and to your point, I think you can either jettison him if you like if you don't want to hold on, you don't want to take that risk. You can get rid of him as his value comes up, uh, but likewise, you can get him for cheap still. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen posts in in league chats I'm in where somebody has said looking to trade Willie Calhoun. When that's what you're posting, you're trying to say, please, I want to free up a roster spot. 
So those are the kind of guys who I'm telling you right now, have a quick look. Here's another one. Hans Kraus, who is a starting pitcher at Double uh, A in Texas. His last start, five innings pitched, nine Ks, one hit, zero earned runs. This is a good, solid pitcher. I believe it's three pitches that he's mixing in and is somebody that I can easily see finishing this year at AAA. So a second guy to look for. Quick reports, we're not going to get in too deep here for these guys. So also a future Bond villain um, with with a great name going with Hans Kraus. But I really just hope they position him as the villain, like in the rotation. And every time he strikes out, just, who does number two work for? <laughs> be great. Well, it's funny. And we talked a little bit before leading into uh, next episode. Somebody had suggested that we go through the greatest names in baseball segment, which is definitely something that we are going to be working on. Um, and, and when you put a scenario that you just described, Ty, as being the villain, Holmes Cross all of a sudden becomes worthy of greatest names in baseball. Absolutely. So, um, and then just to wrap it up on a, you know, a trade value position, if you were smart enough to get out and somehow acquire Kershaw um, while some silly owner was hitting the panic button, he is ready to hit the mound here on Monday after two rehab starts. He's ready to rock. And um, yeah, we want to see, how you hosed your fellow teammates. If you got a Kershaw or you got somebody else, hit us on Dinger's Pod um, on Twitter. We're, we're not nice people. We want to make fun of your friends. <laughs> we enjoy it. Yeah, so give us <laughs> the ammunition and we will shoot them down. It'll be like Duck Hunt. <laughs> no, I was just going to go, no, 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 no. But that's game. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember the Duck Hunt song. I was just so focused on shooting ducks. <laughs> and pointing like three inches away from the TV. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, just get the magnifying glass at the end of the gun and shoot the whole room. Boom. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that takes us uh, through this episode this week. We are adding, as, as Robbie said, a, a mailbag episode. So, um, Luke mailbag? Is that too, that's too cheeky? Uh, crickets. Uh, awkward. Well, either way, send your questions for next week. We will answer them good, bad, and ugly. And until then, we'll see you next week. This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go.